Welcome to episode nine, where we're going to talk about how to get the most out of your next virtual conference, because, you know, you're not allowed to go to in-person conferences. Welcome to This Shit Works, your weekly no-nonsense guide to networking your way to more friends, more adventures, and way more success with your host, Julie Brown. Here we go. For the entirety of my career, October has not only ushered in fall and pumpkin spice everything, it has brought with it conference season. Each October, I was lucky if I could string together three nights in my own bed. I'd spend October rushing from one conference in one city to another in a different city, sometimes by train, sometimes by plane, sometimes by car. By month's end, I was spent, and let's be honest, a little hungover too. Attending conferences has always been part of my business development strategy. It has led to lifelong friendships and millions of dollars worth of work. Conferences work if you know how to work them. So what are we to do now? What do we do now that the in-person aspect of conferences are gone? No chance to serendipitously meet someone in a session. No booths to entice people into by handing out shitty tchotchkes at. No hotel bar to saddle up to, throw back a few drinks at, and make new friends. No after parties. No after, after parties. None of it conference season is just going to absolutely suck this year. Am I right? Actually, no. Virtual conferences don't have to suck. They can still be a wildly effective networking and business development tool for you, even when they are virtual. I have attended a number of well-organized and well-attended online conferences this year. I actually helped put together the networking strategy for one of the organizers of an online conference back in July. Is something missing from virtual conferences right now? Yeah, I mean, but something's missing from everything we're doing right now. One thing that I don't mind about virtual conferences is that I don't have to pack. I don't have to get on a plane. The bar in my house is a lot cheaper than the hotel bar, and I get to sleep in my own bed. So let's crack on with some tips to make the most out of your next virtual conference. One, Organize your conference schedule in advance. You need to treat this virtual conference the same as you would an in-person conference in regards to your schedule and blocking the time out of your calendar. Determine the sessions that you want to attend in advance and block that time out in your calendar without negotiation. In regards to the sessions, be sure to attend the sessions when they are live. Don't wait until later in the day or night to watch the recording. When attending a live session, you have the benefit of interacting with other attendees via the chat. You can ask the speaker questions via the question box and possibly have them answered directly. At the beginning of the session, ask the administrator via chat if the slides of the presentation will be available after the session. This will allow you to watch the session without frantically taking notes during it. Two. Familiarize yourself with the conference technology. There are a number of different virtual platforms that your specific conference might use. It might be a platform that you haven't had experience with before. Prior to the conference, spend some time familiarizing yourself with the conference platform. Download and install any programs that you might need for it in advance. 
part of the conference, test your mic, your speakers, your camera, go back and listen to episode eight about looking smoking hot in your virtual meetings. And lastly, test your Wi-Fi connection. Streaming content can pull a lot of bandwidth. So make sure that you have a robust connection so that you don't have a glitchy stream and miss half the content. Three, be fully present during the conference. Minimize your distractions while you're at the conference. It can be really easy to multitask and get distracted and miss out on a lot of the content being presented. One way to eliminate distractions is to close your office door if you have one. Use headphones to block out all the other sounds around you. Turn off notifications on your computer and on your phone. And lastly, and this one is hard for me too, but shut down all your other open tabs or windows on your computer. That's a killer for me. I don't know why, but at any given time, I usually have no less than 25 open tabs. Some of them have been open for months and I have absolutely no freaking clue what I was looking at. But for some reason, I just can't close that tab. Why do I do that? I mean, do you do that? Is it a thing that other people do or am I the only one who does this? I don't know. Okay, moving on. Tangent. Moving on. Four, be an active participant and network during the conference. Be as active as you would be at the in-person event in the virtual event. When in sessions, take notes, ask questions, connect with other attendees, take advantage of all the networking opportunities that the event organizers have created within the online conference. Participate in breakout networking rooms and work them like you would any other networking event. You might actually end up getting FaceTime with someone that you never would have been able to connect to in a large, you know, hundred or thousand person conference. If there's a social media aspect to the conference, use the conference hashtags on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram to connect with other additional attendees. If there's ongoing Slack channels or chat rooms, participate in those as well. There really are a number of ways to connect with and meet new people at virtual conferences. And five, lastly, follow up. Gaining greater knowledge and meeting new people are the best parts of the conferencing experience. Make the most out of your investment by building an ongoing relationship with the people that you meet at that conference. Like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I have made lifelong friends and have been awarded millions of dollars in projects because of the connections that I have made while attending conferences. But these things didn't happen overnight or come to me because I met someone once at a conference and then never followed up with them again. Following up and furthering the connection with the people you meet at conferences is how you will get the most out of your experience and your investment. Are there other tips than just the five I gave you? Probably, but these are the ones that I think will make the most impact at your next virtual conference. A bonus tip, if you really want to stand out, is to email the conference organizers after the event and thank them for the conference. Take it from me, organizing and running a conference, virtual or in person, is a tremendous amount of work and it takes months, if not years of preparation. The organizers of these events want nothing more than for you to have a positive experience during the conference. So if you did, make sure you reach out and tell them that they did a great job. All this conferencing has got me thirsty something fierce. Whatever shall I quench it with? I've got the perfect cocktail. As our nights begin to turn chilly, as the sun sets earlier and earlier, but we are still holding on to thoughts of summer, it's a cocktail called the Campfire Sling. 
But before I give you the recipe, I'm going to give you a little cocktail verbiage history lesson. Have you ever wondered where the word sling comes from in regards to cocktails? Well, I did. And then I found out that the very first mention of the word cocktail in print was back in 1806 with the bittered sling, which was described as a combination of a spirit such as gin, whiskey, rum, or brandy combined with sugar, water, and bitters. And the word sling comes from the German schlingen, which means to swallow. That's like a whole history lesson channel wrapped up in there for you. So without further ado, I present to you the drink of the week, the campfire sling. Add all the following ingredients to an old-fashioned glass with a large piece of ice. Maybe one of those cool, like, round ice cubes. Two ounces of rye whiskey. A quarter of an ounce of pure maple syrup. I use pure maple syrup from Vermont. You cannot use the cheap log cabin supermarket shit here, okay? Get the good stuff. Three dashes of chocolate bitters. You've got to invest in some bitters, people. We're going to be getting into lots of cocktails with fancy-ass bitters in them. So do yourself a favor and invest in some fancy bitters. Uh, So you're going to take all of those things, the whiskey, the maple syrup, and the bitters, and then you're going to take an orange twist, and you're going to scorch the outside with the flame from a match, and then twist it over the cocktail and release those scorched orange oils into the cocktail. I guess you could probably toss that in the drink too if you really wanted to. This is the perfect cocktail for a chilly October night. Thanks for listening. I mean, I really appreciate you tuning in every week. This podcast has only been out for a little over a month and it's currently being listened to in 12 countries, which blows my mind. But it also goes to show how important this topic is to so many people. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, review, and share it with your friends. And if there's a topic you would like me to cover or a cocktail of the week you would like me to share, simply send me an email. My email can be found in the show notes. Until next week, cheers. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a tip. And remember, you can unapologetically be who you authentically are and still be wildly successful. That's a fact. See you next week on This Shit Works.